Josiah Brand from Firebrand. And you know what? Let's get this party started with Drag Me Down on the Johnny Taco Show.
What's up? We are back with Josiah Brand from Firebrand. He How's is going, the man? Um, the man, the myth, the legend in his own mind in the <laughs> industrial Christian age. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Going well. How's it going with you? Uh, you know, doing a little honeydew list that never seems to cease. So, you know, there's always a list, and it seems like it happens when I have important interviews, you know, like with good people like yourself. So, <laughs> I can understand that. You know, idle hands is the devil's playground. So, you know, yeah, can just say. sit around and just do nothing. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, you do have to have at least one day of rest. Oh, yeah. But no, my wife does not know that. That is not in her vocabulary. <laughs> so, but uh, let's talk about you because I've always been really interested in industrial music. Back in the 90s, you know, you have Gravity Kills, mm-hmm. uh, Stabbing Westward, even, um, you know, Nine Inch Nails, you know, you know, bands like that. Um, I know Marilyn Manson was considered industrial, uh, you know, at a point when I used to go to CD warehouse and it had the industrial area, it had um, Marilyn Manson there. And I was like, uh, I don't know. And maybe because, you know, um, that Marilyn Manson and Trent Reznor, um, you know, Trent Reznor knew Marilyn Manson before, uh, he became Marilyn Manson. So, you know, I guess, I guess it's only true that it sticks to the roots, right? Yeah, I could, I could see where that's a possibility. And you, I guess your favorite color is orange. Actually, I've been more of a blue guy for the longest time. Orange has now started to like impress on me as a, as a favored color. A lot of it was as, um, the logo began to take shape at the beginning of my journey as Firebrand. That as I started learning things on the business side, like brand recognition and stuff like that, um, making it to where uh, visually uh, things have a cohesive look to them, that I started having a color scheme that would be consistent from one place to another. And so, orange and black naturally became the firebrand colors and you know what it pops out you know mm-hmm. i i changed the uh promo to have my um my logo in that same color so it came out really good in the promo so you yeah know, i was like wow you know it pops out it just it, it pops your eyes your eyes just pop out with that orange Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so uh growing up um as a weed lad uh, and you're from Kentucky, right? Born yes. and bred. Yeah, I've um, I've always been in Kentucky and never really um, as far as where I lived. I was born and raised in Hopkinsville for first 10 years of my life, then moved over to Katie's, which is only about 40 minutes west, I think. And then now I'm over in Murray and I've never known living anywhere other than Kentucky, um, but yeah, grew up um, raised in a Christian home, and I never had a big like faith wrestling journey necessarily to an extent. I mean, I had my questions and my doubts and everything that everybody goes through, 
a lot of that was because the, so much change went on in my life at the, at a very early age. You know, I was raised Southern Baptist and had a really good church that we went to. And then at seven years old, I decided to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And then about around age eight, uh, my parents went through a divorce and things really started changing one thing after another. Of course, with family structure, where we were living, moving homes, and then mom finding somebody else to marry a couple of years later. And we moved towns entirely. And just as a kid, you know, the divorce really uh, messed with me. It was something that is just so out of my control, something I wish wasn't happening, but it was. And then all the change that was happening, you know, I was happy being in Hopkinsville and I had friends and I had familiarity there, but then going over to somewhere where I had to start fresh and I didn't even really want to, all those different things. That was a period where I think my walk with Jesus kind of stalled because so much change was going on and there was just so much um, circumstantial stress within the family that a lot of our focus was just on other things. And I felt like I was just kind of running adrift for a while, but then I ended up, you know, making some decisions that were not very smart, uh, really cause I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it. I totally screwed my life up. I, I just, for me, it felt like I hit bottom. And then that was when at 17, I said in the privacy of my own bedroom to the Lord, I said, this is, I guess this is what I get for doing things my way. It's time to do it yours. And then just from there, uh, I started to take my faith seriously and grow as time went on. So yeah, with that, you know, we always have that little, that little part in our life, you know, as kids going through a rebellious, it doesn't matter which parent it is. You're rebelling. You rebel against your biological parents or your spiritual parent. Right. You know, you go through that because you're, you're trying to fit in. You're trying to find your your way of life and what you are meant to be. So I understand completely. Sometimes it takes people up until 17 years old like you. Or sometimes it takes up to 35 years old like me. So it, it just it, it just takes a little time. Uh, for for people to realize, hey, we need the help of the Father because oh, uh, we try so much to do it on our own discretion that we tend to forget and we tend to overlook the gifts that God opens up in our faces like we're closing the door. It's like, nah, we don't want it, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I watched a I watched a show where this guy was like, he sees. Um, He's thirsty and it's like a little cartoon. And so he's going through and God's trying to stop him from going to get that water at the bucket. And he was pointing somewhere else and it didn't look like intriguing. Didn't look like water existed there. So he went over there to something that just aroused him and just made him excited about. And he got one drop of water and then he walked away. But then when you, when he, when it shows that desolate place and you look around it, and it's a huge oasis of water. Ah, yeah. So, but yeah, it's kind of funny how 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 it, uh, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? 
Oh yeah. So, but uh, really, the the main, the big question that people want to know is, is does Kentucky Fried Chicken is it actually called Kentucky Fried Chicken there or just Fried Chicken? I mean, it is called Kentucky Fried Chicken because <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, like Chinese food. If if you go to China and you ask for Chinese food, or do you just ask for food? You know, right. You know, Kentucky, get it out of that. There's oh, yeah. my joke, dad joke <laughs> of the day, dad joke of the day. So, um, so you growing up, um, have you always had a gift, uh, for music? I've always been musically inclined. Most of my talent lies with vocals. A lot of what I've learned to bring about Firebrand came out of necessity when I started Firebrand, I didn't have, it, it was really because I saw how accessible home production is to these days. For those who don't know, I do all the writing, recording, mixing, and mastering myself. Um, the involvement other of other people comes whenever there is a live show that's going to be going on. So I'll have friends, people close to me, including people in other bands that will band together and actually make the live performance, you know, something that's really engaging. But when it comes to the studio, it's all me. And a lot of it is just what I learned by ear. And it was something I learned out of necessity. I wouldn't say I'm nearly a skillful guitar player. Neither would I say I'm the same on bass. It's just one of those things where I hear a song in my head. I know what I need in order to get it done. And if there is a part in the song that's challenging to me, I will either I will rewrite it if I've spent enough time trying to make it work. And I just it's too difficult for me to play or I will just bite the bullet and learn it. And then. Drums are are samples and everything, but I, I try to at least get in the mind frame of what it would be like to actually play drums. There are some people who are home produced metal bands that have drums that are like, you know, they, they play like there's a drummer with four arms and there's hitting everything within a 64 note succession. And I'm just like, ah, no, <laughs> Yeah, Chris, we know that you, I, we're, I know we're talking about hard looks, Chris. Yeah, because his drums are just, and, and his music is just crazy because I'm like, does a human actually do that? And he goes, no, I, I do it on a, a drum software, which is, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's pretty cool how, how today's, um, you know, technology has actually uh, kind of upgraded the way an artist can actually express themselves and they can do it themselves. You know, you don't have to pay expensive, um, mastering charges or, you know, or even go to have a record label because you have so many different outlooks out there, social media, you have, uh, you have streaming platforms such as, you know, Spotify or, yeah. or Apple, you know, and you can just play it without actually having a record label to, to back you. And I'm not oh, saying yeah. that having a record label, not having a record label is the way to be because sometimes you need that little extra help and people that are seasoned, uh, you know, in the industry can, can get you to that point, but just being a independent 
uh, person and you want to just do it, you're doing it for the love of music and not to be out there to make millions and billions of dollars, then, you know, do it yourself. You know, what's the worst that can happen? Oh, yeah. But and the great thing about it is because the threshold, uh, the, the barrier to entry for getting into music is so low these days. The great thing is that it takes I mean, it takes a good amount of sweat equity to be able to get all of it done. But you can build a sustainable career as a musician. Not that I'm paying the bills entirely off of music at this point. But it's one of those things I've been doing this for about four and a half years going on five right now. And everything's a learning experience. And now that I'm at the point where I can produce and write on a professional level. Now, a lot of my focus is starting to move towards the marketing end of things and just understand how to leverage the tools that are available to us. And it's not the most interesting part of being a musician, but if I want to see how far I can go with this, then it requires I learn some things that aren't the most fun in the world. And you talk about uh, people who are seasoned being able to really help you along. I can absolutely attest to that because I'm on a label uh, called AD Windblown Media Records. Uh, but we're the short description I usually give people is we're a label in name only. I mean, we are registered as a record label, but the way we operate is absolutely not how traditional record labels go. We're more of a collective of artists that, you know, love a lot of the same music. We have a mission to glorify the Lord in our music. And we also have skills outside of being able to write and record our own songs. And so we take those skills and bring them together for the benefit of everybody's projects on the label and make something better together than we could separately. And I do video. That's actually what I have a degree in. And, you know, I do videos for the vast majority of releases that come out of the label, save for, you know, if there's a important family event and I just can't put the time towards it, then there's uh, a backup person. But, you know, I've learned from uh, David Patacone and Asher Lesser who have been producing awesome music for such a long time and their guidance on being able to tell me exactly how it could fix mix or what could be fixed in the writing to make it sound more impactful. That was something that caused me to grow it substantially as a musician. And you know, what people hear today is, uh, is much because of all of that. And it, it's something that I'm incredibly thankful for that. I, Cause I know a lot of people don't get that chance. Yeah. And, and that is the true Christian way is to help each other rise up instead of just climbing on top of them and just pushing them down. Um, and it's, 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 fun, it's good to have people that are like-minded people that are Christ-driven to help each other succeed in life because we are not here to be by ourselves. You know, mm -hmm. we can't be a Trent Reznor and just do everything ourselves and, and just haul off into a corner and don't see the light of day for about a month or two. And then comes up with like 50 tracks. 
So, but uh, who who are some of your influences? I, I know it's heavily based on industrial, which you and I we both agree that you know industrial is an awesome, powerful tool to use. I uh, definitely would say that, uh, and it's industrial artists more or less that were from the Christian pocket of music over in the nineties. When I became a metalhead at 13 and dad showed me the, the forefathers uh, of it all, like living sacrifice, mortification, tourniquets, uh, paramecium uh, to just to name a few. And these were the, these were the bands that proved that Christianity didn't have to be the diet version of everything. And along with those bands, he also showed me, uh, Circle of Dust, Argyle Park, Clank, Mortal, Chatterbox, those who, who were uh, industrial music, some industrial metal, and they had a Christ-centric message. Might not have been the most positive overall in an album, because a lot of albums within those artist catalogs were mostly on depressing topics, but then at towards the end like a concept album, they kind of built up to the solution that's found in Christ and the redemption that he brings. And the, um, the fact that in the end, he's going to make everything all right. Yeah. And that's some of where my influence is at. I also take influence from a lot of just straight metal bands from the nineties, like Pantera or Megadeth I also, some modern influence would also include Demon Hunter. I'm a big fan of theirs. And um, I also really like what Daniel Suchja from World Divided is doing. Um, he takes like a more modern lean on that, but it gives me some ideas and some uh, moods that are within those songs that I can pull from and be like, I can probably translate it this into my style this way. You know, it's it's pretty cool. So, you know, and you, so you drive from both, uh, Christian and secular music to kind of, uh, polish off your, 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 your art, right? Yes. Um, so are you, have you listened to like, uh, cell dweller, you know, Clayton with, with yes. all his several different projects? Um, yeah. His, his stuff is, is awesome. Cause it's funny for a while. So, of course, I was familiar with Circle of Dust stuff. Mm -hmm. And to my knowledge, because dad was only knowledgeable about Clayton's stuff as Circle of Dust, you know, I thought after he tanked at the end of the 90s, that was it. Well, turns out he was doing a whole bunch of stuff as Cell Dweller. And it took a, you know, it took me about 2014 or 15 when I wanted to go on YouTube and re visit those old albums. I listened to a circle of dust and then I find out circle of dust is coming back and then I'm catching up with everything that Clayton's doing. And it was actually videos that he put on his YouTube showing how he does his self-produced music process that it actually made me think I can do that. I mean, I was on a smaller scale and didn't have as fancy of equipment as he did. I had to work to build up to that, but that's what, yeah, he's actually largely responsible for helping me to see how accessible that was and Firebrand starting as a result of that. 
Yeah. And I think his work with uh, Chris Angel and Chris Angel's band. Oh, yeah. Angel uh, Dust. Yeah. Which uh, it actually heightened Chris Angel's uh, whole music career, I think, uh-huh. with, with his because he truly has a gift. He does. So um, with you honoring him by, you know, playing industrial music, um you know, it just shows because I I love industrial because I love the way the the dirtiness of it the the yeah. grinding the the hev, uh, you're heavier on the the drum machine than you are the guitar sit sit in the back you know mm-hmm. heavy with the drums and with the with the bass but then have that gritty uh, vocals to add to it because you know gravity kills was yeah. uh one of my favorites you know growing up as a kid and i and i just i just loved i just fell in love with it because it, it was just it was something that not a lot of people were listening to in the yeah. 90s at the moment but it, it was something that that was very emotional driven mm-hmm. and if you listen to a lot of industrial music uh besides the ones that from germany because they they tend to get a little uh prophetic and they, they oh, yeah. get a little uh out there but you can hear the it's it's all emotionally based oh yeah and and uh cell dweller is one of them that i really fell in love with uh with a lot of their music doing that so um finding out that you had a industrial christian band it just it just made me that much more intrigued to get to meet you because you know the because of the genre is is such a huge uh, part of my um, of my history mm-hmm. because I wanted to do stuff like that but you know I'm not very good at trying to mix music I'm very good at talking to people about music right. that I have actually uh, making it so. Uh, with that in mind, you have done some collabs with my producer, uh, Chris from Hard Look. You did a, you did a song that we're going to play at the end of the show um, together. Um, he, I guess he did the vocals. Uh, he he did his own vocals to it, and then you had a, um, you had the majority of it right, the music and everything down. Yeah. Well, um, so what we. The, the latest song that I've released at the, at the point of this, um, uh, of this podcast episode is Ekvalo. And that was something I, I asked him to do a feature on. And we had done a song uh, on my last album that kind of jump started our relationship. I knew for this like super heavy track that I had on my last album, beat the machine. I knew that, uh, his, vocals is really like throaty death metal growls would have been a perfect fit for a feature on that song. So I just reached out to him. We hadn't known each other at all at that point, but I was like, Hey, I think you would be a great fit on this. Um, here's an idea of what I would like to see. I'll give you the whole second verse. Here's an idea of what I have. If you want to take some artistic liberties with it, great. If you want to change what lyrics I wrote for it, great. I'm not, uh, I'm not a stickler. I'm just, uh, I'm just giving you something to work off of, but we had fun working together. I showed up on a a track of his on the, when we leave release that he put out, uh, I was on there with, uh, the guys from a secret ending and blue fire horizon, 
on a song called After the Tribulation. That was fun to do. Yeah, we don't talk about Blue Fire Horizon on here. <laughs> we don't, no, no. You don't put syrup. No, no. We, we, we don't We don't talk about them here. We don't right. talk about Bruno Lola. <laughs> but well yeah, yeah, you know, Chris is a really cool dude. You know, him yes, uh, stepping up, being a producer, like kind of tuning up my episodes has been a really a huge godsend so and then he introduced me to you well you know he showed he said hey you, you should get josiah on the interview because he's a really talented individual and uh listening to drag me down is just it just brings an homage to the 90s kind of feel and you know i I grew up on the '90s music, metal music, so you know it, it was just it, it. To me, it was like a uh, deja vu kind of kind of feel to it. So it was, yeah, it was a pretty I, awesome I treat. And and just to let you know, if you didn't know in the beginning, that's the song that we started off with. So and I forgot to introduce it. That's me, <laughs> bad me, bad Johnny, bad Johnny. No tacos for you today. <laughs> Oh, so, but, uh, you have any, you have new music coming out pretty soon? Yes. So, um, Eggballo featuring hard look had, had come out not too long ago and I'm kind of writing off that right now, but I actually have two more singles that will be coming, uh, in the near future. And then that's all going to be leading up to a new album that will be releasing September 30th. It's called vengeance is mine. And it's right now pre-orders are going for the album. That way people who want to get it on a bundle that might be a little on the higher priced end because of just how much is on there. They have a chance to either save up or whatever the case may be. Or if times are just kind of tough and, you know, you need a little more time, you know, I, I gave it to where the pre-order window should be enough time for anybody who wants to get in on it. Um, but the, but all of the most recent singles are coming from the vengeance is mine album. So drag me down Ekbalo. There's going to be another song that'll be coming out in June and that's going to, they're all following a lot of the more aggressive, heavier, uh, lean than my previous album. And like I said, pre-orders are going on right now. And that's what all of these songs will be leading up to. And uh, just to show you that cover, it just reminds me like an old school video game, like an eight bit um, cartridge with the with the uh, you know the knight destroying the metal dragon. It, it, it's it's very very nineties kind of feel to it. And if you if you have them old uh, cassette tapes, you know um, he's got to beat the machine on cassette. For $16, which is awesome because I think I do have a cassette tape somewhere, cassette player. I had to dust it off because, you know, nothing beats an old school cassette tape. Oh, yeah. I've got I've got a little uh, Sanyo. Uh, well, we could technically call it a Walkman just because that was the generic name for it. Uh, Sony technically had the patent on it, but. I've got a I've got a tape deck here in my studio with, that I actually duplicate my tapes with, and I've got a 
personal stereo that I listen to him on as well. I, I really enjoy listening to tapes as much as I do like digital or CD. And, you know, um, you know, if you want to check them out, uh, check out firebrand, uh, you can go on their website, firebrand.site. Uh, you'll have, um, places where you can pre-order, uh, as well as they have a cool looking, uh, from dragging me down, got a 20 ounce tumbler. Uh, that's actually sounding pretty cool right now, but, um, you got several, you got t-shirts and you got several CDs, cassettes, you know, everything that a true metal fan, uh, would want is on the site. You can also look at, um, any kind of up, um, upcoming, uh, music and also you have your social medias up there where, you know, if you want to shoot them, a a attaboy kind of email and <laughs> stuff like that. Cause I guess, you know, you're, you're always looking for someone to, you know, say how your music's going, you know, uh, you know, I think, I think you have a huge, huge, um, surprise coming up in the future and i and i believe that with your music uh you're you're able to reach out there with your ministry uh mm-hmm. which ministry is also a, <laughs> a great in, uh industrial band back in the day uh <laughs> but um you know with your ministry going through and your music um i see a lot of things coming up for you uh god has so much in store and he's not done with you yet and I'm pretty excited about hearing the song. So we're getting close to the end. Um, is there anything you would like to um, talk to the fans? You got any concerts coming up? Um, yes. So there are two that are definitely going to be happening this year. And it's going to be in the summer. I will be playing at Kingdom Come Festival um, in the middle of June. That'll be in uh, Greentown, Indiana. And then two weeks after that, I will be playing at Audio Feed. And that will be the first time I'm actually playing at Audio Feed. And that will be on the subculture stage that will be going on uh, July the 1st. Okay. And, you know, you have any in Texas? Because I know Chris and I would love to hear you perform live. You know, you need to get some in Texas. That would be awesome. I would love to do more i would love to do more live shows a big uh need that firebrand has been needing for a long time is people that are that are within my hometown places or at least a place that's close enough to not have a long drive but i need people to be able to put together a live band with and not borrow have to borrow from other bands in order to make that happen. And cause that's the only reason I'm able to do things like kingdom come fest and audio feed. Cause a lot of bands either on my label or friends that are in other bands that, that they'll happen to be there and I, they can help out. But what would be great is that firebrand would actually be able to have a drummer, uh, a bassist at the very least, like a rhythm section is really what we're hurting for right now. And if we get, and I think that would be something that I would just throw out there to the audience. If you, if you want to be praying for Firebrand, 
Uh, definitely be praying that the music gets out to people who need to hear it. That if somebody does not have faith in Jesus, that Firebrand would be instrumental in bringing them to faith. And if they do have faith, that they would be encouraged in that through the music. And be praying that Firebrand is able to get members for a live band so that we can really like get in front of people and play the music, get to interact with people, uh, share the gospel and pray with them and really bring that uh, to a personal level with people. Awesome. Awesome. So let's get into this song here. Uh, how did this song come around? How did you find this song? So Ekbalo is, it was something where a lot of my songwriting usually comes where I sit down starting with an idea. And I mean, I'd say it's inspiration from the Lord, but if you didn't know any better, you just think the song decides what it's going to be as I'm working on it. And this was definitely, it was a super heavy track, but it was also very much like it, it's, heavy like a shotgun rather than an assault rifle it it takes its time and has impact at very decisive moments much like a lot of the tracks from the most recent doom soundtracks are with that in mind you know i decided to write the lyrics on the topic of casting out demons and of course uh it would be Awesome to have had Chris on this as well. So I reached out to Hard Look and he's got a feature in the second verse. You know, it took shape to being what it was. It took a lot of inspiration from scripture and just thinking of what a, a like an exorcist would be saying. And the title Ekbalo actually comes from the Greek word meaning to cast out. It's not exclusive to casting out demons, but it would be used when talking about the topic. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, thank you for being on the show. And you know what? We're going to rock it now with Ekbalo from Firebrand on the Johnny Taco Show.
All right, that was Iqbalo by Firebrand. I want to give a big shout out to Josiah for being on the show. It was an honor to meet him and to listen to his music. I want to reach out to all the new listeners. You thought that this was a Food Network exclusive where the Johnny Taco Man would be making you or teaching you how to make scrumptious tacos. I hate to disappoint, but you know what? I have good news. The good news is you get edification. Yes, you get edification from Jesus Christ through the testimony of my guest and my constant babbling. I just want to say thank you. You are welcomed here, whoever you are, wherever you are, and whenever you are, if you are from the future. I want to give a shout out to all the diehard listeners that listen to this show constantly on a daily basis. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love you guys. You know what? You are the sour cream on this taco supreme. Without you, I would just be babbling on the wall. And that would give my wife a lot. Hush, doggies. Hush. I am on the phone. Yeah, I sound like I'm from the 50s. But anyways, I want to thank you all for being on the show. I want y'all to have a blessed Memorial Day because if you are from the past, then you would know about Memorial Day coming up. But if you're in the future, I hope you had a great Memorial, Memorial Day. And you know what? God bless you. God keep you. Don't have yourself a good day. No good mom. Have yourself a great day. I'm Johnny Tacos, and you are out. Out.